And welcome to this week's edition of The Artist Interview here on Hope FM. And I'm very pleased to say that we have got a really lovely guy with us who's got a story to tell. You'll already, if you're a regular listener, be familiar with his music here on Hope FM. It is the wonderful Austin French. And that was Born Again by Austin French. And I'm pleased to say that Austin is with us right here, right now on Hope FM. Hey, Austin, how are you doing? Hey, I'm excited to be here. Excited to be talking to you. Well, thank you for joining us on the show. I think it's your first time on Hope FM, so it's a yeah. double blessing for us having you. So um, I know that people will already have listened to that track just now and enjoyed it and gone, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. It would be great, though, if you could share a bit about who is Austin French, where have you come from, uh, where, where, what's your heart in the music, and and also how's your faith been part of that journey from when you were a kid? I'm looking at you now, sir. You don't look all that old. How how old are you? <laughs> I'm 27 years old. 27 years young. That's a fantastic age to be. Yeah. So so catch us up then, because we haven't had you on the show before. Catch yeah. us up on the last 27 years, Austin. Absolutely. All right, sit down for a minute. Here we go. Take a cup of coffee and no. Uh, yeah, I, I grew up a pastor's kid. I was I grew up in Georgia in, in the U.S. and a small town. And my dad was a worship pastor at a, a big church in a small town. My mom was a music teacher and uh, she taught music kind of in our house growing up. So uh, she taught piano and voice. I didn't know it wasn't normal not to sing all the time uh, until, you know, I started going to school and they're like, man, you can't sing when you go to the bathroom. It's just weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, I, I kind of caught on that my family was a little different in how we were being raised and, uh, and how I was growing up. Music was just in my blood, but also it felt like church was in my blood. I, I, I came from a long line of church planners uh, and uh, evangelists and guys who traveled the country to tell people about Jesus. And uh, my grandma when I was eight years old, gave me this journal. And she said, Austin, uh, I want you to use this journal to write all your big God stories in it. And I didn't know what that meant as an eight-year-old kid. Um, but the first thing I actually wrote in this journal when I was eight years old, I went into my closet one day, got a pen, got my journal, and, and closed the doors. And I wrote the words, I will never be a Christian. Wow. I hate a Christian. Just so just just how how old were you when you wrote I that? I was eight years old. That's an extraordinary thing yeah. for an eight-year-old to write. Wow. Yeah, and, and the big reason for that was my, my dad was the worship pastor at our church, and we were at church all the time, every time the doors were open. But but the conversations that we would have as a family, I have two sisters and my mom and my dad, we would drive up to the church and my dad would turn around and said, Okay, uh, we're at church. Uh, hide the bruises, hide the scars, put a smile on your face. We're at church. And I was taught to perform like I was perfect, that my life was falling apart at home. And as an eight-year-old little boy, uh, I didn't understand how the godliest man in my life beat his wife and kids behind closed doors and asked us to never talk about it. But yet he was the godliest man in my life. That's what everybody always told me. Um, and so I decided as an eight-year-old boy, I didn't I didn't want to be a godly man. And that's what that looked like. And so uh, I had this picture of following Jesus was uh, it was hypocrisy. 
it was abuse and it was like pretending and performing. And I didn't want that. And so uh, eight-year-old me, um, you know, writing these words, I'll never be a Christian. So it got a little bit more solidified when my parents got a divorce later that year. And uh, my, my parents got a divorce. I remember the pastor of this big church in a small town that my parents and I were going to. My parents got a divorce a couple weeks later. The pastor comes over to our house, sits us down, my mom and my two sisters and I, and says, we love you. We're praying for you, but just please never come back to our church again. It's embarrassing. Your family fell apart, and we don't want to be known as the church where people fall apart. And uh, I instantly felt like I wasn't wanted anymore. I instantly felt embarrassed and ashamed. And uh, as an eight-year-old kid who hated his dad, um, and didn't want to be a Christian because of that. Now it felt like I was hated by the church. It just I felt like an enemy um, and an embarrassment. And so, yeah, eight-year-old me was the furthest thing from ever wanting to turn to Jesus um, because I had this picture of what turning to Jesus looked like. And it looked like it hurt. It looked like it was full of pain uh, and a lot of shame. And it wasn't until eighth grade, later on, single mom, two kid, uh, three kids, two jobs, uh, to pay the bills, I convinced my mom to buy me a guitar. So what, what, what age is eighth grade, just so we can... Eighth grade, yeah. So for, for me, I was 13 years old. 13. Okay. And yep, I wanted to be... There's an artist, uh, his name is John Mayer. And uh, I wanted to be John Mayer. You know, uh, John Mayer got a ton of girls playing music. And eighth grade me was about that. Like, that's what I... My goal in life was just to swoon girls um, with music. And... Uh, it didn't work, but I did get a guitar. I convinced my mom to buy me one, and she sent me to a music camp. And that music camp ended up being a Christian music camp, and I rolled my eyes every single day I was there. I was so over it. Um, it's really hard to get girls singing How Great Is Our God, you know, by Chris Domlin. It's like it's not, not the most uh, impressive song um, to impress a girl. But uh, I learned these songs, and, and by the end of this camp, a guy got on a stage and he said something that changed my life forever. He said, don't judge Jesus on the broken people he came to save because broken people hurt broken people, but Jesus wants broken people. For the longest time, I was embarrassed by my brokenness. For the longest time, I thought I was too beyond repair. I was ashamed and I thought, uh, I really had judged Jesus on the broken people in my life by my dad and a pastor who had hurt me in a church who started rumors about my family. I judged Jesus on people, but I never met the guy. And it was at that moment that I realized I had a lot of brokenness. I had a lot of pain. I had a lot of frustration. And instead of hiding it and performing like I was perfect, I decided to just be honest for the first time in my life. And I accepted uh, that I needed Jesus and I was going to give it a shot. And it was right then and there that I met the healer of my brokenness. Um, it was a shift in my life and my heart. And uh, I felt alive for the first time. And it was then 13 year old me on the back row of a music camp that I didn't want to be at, that I experienced Jesus for the first time, really Jesus, not religion, Jesus. And uh, I fell in love with Jesus. And I realized that I need to tell somebody about this, but I was scared to death to talk to people, uh, even doing this. Like this is the things that I, 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 it's amazing to me years and years later uh, that I get to do these kind of interviews uh, because I was terrified to talk to people. Uh, singing felt like my, my language. Uh, that was what came easy. And so I remember going home and 
and realizing, okay, I got to tell my friends, like I accept Jesus. Like I, I have to, but I can't, like I'm terrified. Um, so I just, I just decided to write them songs. And so I wrote them songs and I would call them up on the phone and be like, Hey, I wrote you a song. Here we go. You need Jesus. One, two, three. And, and sing these songs. Um, and that's really how it started for me um, in my music career. I just started writing songs for my friends that were broken, just like me and needed a savior, just like me. And uh, it was there when I was 13, I decided I wanted to write music for the rest of my life for broken people who needed Jesus. And that's still what I'm doing today. I just want to write music and tell people about what Jesus has done for me and what he could do for them. Um, and God's taken me on a crazy journey to get to this point, you know, talking with you guys on Hope FM. Um, but I'm grateful for the journey and I'm grateful to get to do what I do. I'm still writing music for broken people um, who need Jesus just like me. Wow. Uh, Austin, thank you so much for sharing stuff that uh, is just it's tragic to hear. And it's also amazing to hear of just the way that Jesus stepped in and you did mm. put your, your faith in trust in him. Uh, you're right. Jesus, the one who comes for the broken. Yeah. But may I ask, do, do you still have the journal that your grand gave you? I do not have that journal. I wish I had that journal. Uh, and, and there's a lot of things I wish I still had uh, from kind of that season of, you know, I had, I had all these rock band CDs and things that I'm like, Oh, I want to be these guys one day. Um, and I remember Switchfoot. I do have this, the first Switchfoot record um, that came out. I didn't know they were a Christian band. Um, and so I just decided, oh, oh, this is the coolest band. Like these guys are writing cool songs. And, um, you know, it turns out the CD that I, I, I had no idea that these guys were singing about Jesus or pointing to Jesus. It was uh, one of my favorite records. And then I accepted Jesus and I'm like, oh, this is the coolest record ever. Uh, this is so cool. I want to do this one day. And uh, yeah, so I still have that record. So a nice inspiration. In fact, one of the questions I would have asked you is who, who's been your inspiration? So maybe maybe Switchfoot could go down as, as one of those. Yeah, uh, yeah, so. Switchfoot for sure. For sure. Uh, they definitely inspired me a lot. Yeah, and we certainly played them here on Hope of Them. Great, great guys. So can I ask a quick question? And it's, it's kind of personal. Yeah. Your relationship with your dad, obviously that was an absolutely horrible situation. Mm -hmm. Has anything changed there or are you not in communication at all? Um, so I hated my dad for a long time. And uh, another thing that happened after I accepted Jesus, I started calling my friends and singing them songs. But one of the calls that I made uh, after I got saved when I was 13 was to my dad. And I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And I called him up and I said, Dad, I think I'm supposed to love you. And I think I'm supposed to forgive you. I am not there yet, uh, but I want to be one day. And I just accepted this guy named Jesus into my life. And I think he's going to help me get there. So that moment definitely caught him off guard. Um, it was definitely something my dad wanted to run away from. Um, he wasn't willing and ready at that point to accept the fact that he even needed uh, forgiveness. It was a lot of pride and our relationship suffered. It really did. Um, but there was this work that started in me that I couldn't ignore. And the forgiveness had started on my end. And it was a process. I knew I wanted it to be reciprocated, but it wasn't there yet. Uh, and it wasn't until I was 18, I forced myself into a car ride with him that was like a 15-hour car drive uh, across the States. And um, that was the first time my dad looked at me and said he was sorry. Um, you know, almost 10 years after 
um, my parents split up was the first time my dad ever said those words. And that was the moment it felt like I got my dad back. And uh, it's crazy. My dad is one of my best friends today. Um, and man, when people tell me that there's relationships God can't heal, um, I don't believe it. Um, because I've seen, I mean, there was moments as a kid, as an eight-year-old kid, that I wished my dad was dead uh, just because of how mean and hurtful and all the pain that he inflicted on us. But I've seen God restore um, what felt like unrestorable. And uh, that's my dad. That's my dad and I's relationship. We're best friends now. We talk every day. And uh, I, it feels like I got my dad back. And I have Jesus to thank for that. That is absolutely extraordinary and beautiful outcome. I was slightly scared to ask the question because I just didn't know yeah. where things would be. But to, to hear that is, uh, you know, it's I, th I thought it was a miracle that you came to Jesus after you had been through. Yeah. Uh, but to hear the process that you've then gone through with your father as well, that that's just absolutely wonderful. Well, gosh, yeah. thank you so much for sharing. It's really encouraged me today. Oh, good. So, okay. So, um, so you, you're reconciled to your father, but is that complicated then with your mother, with all the pain that she carries from, from that past? There was a moment, and uh, this is a part of my story as well. There was a moment uh, three years after my dad said he was sorry. Um, I got a phone call that my dad had been in a serious car accident. Uh, the doctors told us he had a 5% chance to live. And um, that was the moment I wrote another song about that. It was called Why God? And um, that was the song that I wrote in that season because I was – uh, scared to death. And, and in that season, I watched my dad on his deathbed and a lot of unforgiveness that my mom didn't have yet. Um, oh, a lot of forgiveness that my mom didn't have yet. Just a, a, a lot of bitterness still. And I watched my mom, you know, my on, on my dad's deathbed uh, actually say that I forgive you, uh, even though he didn't ask for it. Um, I watched forgiveness happen. And I've watched a lot of chains break off my mom in, in this ICU uh, hospital room. And I've seen, you know, the, it, it was a process and it's still been a process, you know, like there's still hurts that left scars that you still have to address. Uh, even though you forgive them, the scars are still there as a reminder sometimes. And sometimes that reminder hurts. And uh, I think my mom is still working through the scars um, but there has been forgiveness and we're just trying, she's just trying to invite Jesus in to heal those wounds. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's very rarely would that ever be a, a swift process. It's, it's going to, yeah. it's going to take time, but amazing that on your father's deathbed that, that turned out not to be 5% chance of living and he's pulled through. Is, is yeah. Great. Yeah. God, uh, God woke him up and it was a miracle. Wow. Wow. You have been through quite a journey already, sir, if you don't <laughs> mind me saying. So um, let's, let's find out a bit about the music side of things then. So, yeah. so you've got all this experience that many people would hopefully never have to go through. But you've got all this stuff and you've got God coming in, just changing you and working in your heart. And you've got this desire to do music. How does that change, though, from doing music at youth clubs and music on the phone to your friends to actually having a record deal and... Yeah. Putting out albums. How, how's that all come about? Yeah. Well, some of the, it's actually the advice of my mom. My mom uh, was a worship leader after my parents split up the small little church in Georgia. And uh, I went to this big arena tour. And as an attendee, it was a Christian music tour. 
And I remember turning to my mom uh, when I was 15 years old and saying, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, this is what I want to do. This seems so cool. And my mom didn't say, well, hop up there. Like, you got what it takes. Uh, my mom just looked at me and says, well, then you need to learn to be faithful where you're at. And uh, that meant for me at that moment, going back to my youth group of four people and writing songs uh, for my church and for where I was at, you know, youth group of four people. And so that's what I did. And um, it still blows me away now um, that I am on Christian radio and that my songs are being shared around the world because really it was just being faithful with where I was at. Now that that stage grew and that experience grew. So I went from leading worship at youth groups to being a worship pastor at a church when I was 18 uh, to getting a phone call to do a TV show, um, a, a singing TV show and getting second place on that show and being faithful with where I was at. And uh, after that, I met my manager. I started writing songs in town in Nashville, Tennessee, um, and just started writing songs for the people around me to tell them about Jesus and uh, just continue to do it. And I think the music just got better um, and the team began to grow. And really the song that really broke out for me was a song called Freedom Hymn. And I wrote that song at this thing called a Celebrate Recovery. I was a worship pastor in Florida um, and I was leading worship at this thing called Celebrate Recovery for a bunch of recovering alcoholics and drug addicts and a guy in the audience said man there's no songs about recovery like we need a song uh for us and i said well i'll write you one um, because that's what i do i write music for the people in my life and i'm trying to be faithful where i'm at and so i went into a writing session and i wrote freedom hymn and it, it was for this guy who had just got out of prison who found jesus and had beat addiction through giving his life to Jesus and he needed a song to sing. So I wanted to give him a song. And uh, so that, that song is what got a record deal for me. That was, that song is what opened the doors for me. Um, and now I'm releasing multiple songs and I'm getting to stand on stages all around the country and, and being played on amazing stations like hope. And uh, it blows me away because I'm still just trying to be faithful where I'm at. It's quite, it is quite interesting. You've got this big, big stage presence, but also I can see that you're driving around in a car and it looks to me like you've got like little ch child, uh, child seats in the back there. So you're also a, fa a family man. Oh yeah. So tell me what, what, what's your family situation at the moment? You're, you're, you, 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 do you live in Nashville? Is that where you're actually living? I do. I do. Yep. I am driving my incredible sports car. It may look like a minivan. Um, <laughs> No, I, I am. I'm a minivan dad. I got three kids, a beautiful wife. Um, I have two boys and a little girl. And yeah, our life is crazy. We don't sleep. Please pray for us. And uh, it has been wild, but I love my family and I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for them. So beautiful wife, been married for seven years and three kids and uh, life is crazy for us, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, you know what? You're smiling away when you're sharing that. So listeners at home, you might have three kids and not sleep. They're obviously very happy and joy-filled <laughs> on it. So that's that's good news. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what, what are your kids' names? Uh, Coleman is our oldest, and Owen is our three-year-old, and uh, Baker is my little daughter, and she has stolen my heart, and uh, I'm in trouble. It, she is, she's super sweet, but she's one years old. Um, so yeah, our, our kiddos are amazing and it is, it is crazy around here.
Wow. Okay, so we've got a track to play for you now that's called Wake Up Sleeper. Now, we definitely don't want to wake up anyone who's sleeping, but can you tell us about that track? What was it about? What's the heart behind it? What was Jesus doing in you at the time? Who's it for? Yep, so I wrote this song uh, really when I was 18. Um, I told you I've been terrified to talk to people. And so, uh, and that's always kind of been uh, true for me. I mean, I realize that it's necessary to be able to communicate well. And so I think God has helped develop that skill for me, but I was terrified as an eight year old kid, 18 year old kid. Um, when it was youth Sunday at our church. Now, I don't know if you know what youth Sunday is, but our church did a thing where the youth take over the church. So they lead songs and they do announcements and they greet people. And then someone preaches that's in the youth group. Uh, we drew straws for who would do that. And uh, I drew the short straw. And so I had to preach my first sermon when I was 18 and I was terrified, but I knew that I had to do it. And so I went to the scriptures and said, God, I'm going to need something special and I'm going to need your help on this. And I remember opening up the book of Luke and reading a story that is still one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible. Uh, It's where Jesus interrupts the funeral of a little boy who had died and he's on the outskirts of town uh, on this funeral procession with his widowed mother. Um, that was right there as well. And they're on the outskirts of town and Jesus sees this funeral. And I think maybe it's because of tradition these days, but we associate like oh, pastors are at funerals. Like, you know, preachers go to funerals. They're there to help grieve and comfort. Um, but back in Jesus's time, you wouldn't do that uh, because if you touched anything that was unclean, you would become unclean and touching something dead uh, would make you unclean, unfit to be this rabbi that Jesus came to be. And so as a rabbi, you would turn the other way when you saw a funeral coming downtown. But Jesus does everything upside down. And uh, he walks straight up to the funeral procession, puts his hand on the the coffin of this dead little boy. And then he says, get up. Uh, And in that moment, I just felt God say, Austin, I'm still interrupting funerals today. Um, And I wrote this message called Wake Up Sleeper. Um, and because I am a sleeper who was uh, asleep and headed to my grave and thank the Lord that Jesus called my name and he told me to wake up. Uh, he gave me life and he'll give anyone life who's ready to say, I need you. Um, and they're not willing to go through with the funeral that they're headed to. Um, Jesus is that resurrection for dead souls who need life. And that is the gospel. And Jesus made a way for us. So I wrote that sermon when I was 18 years later. Um, I found that sermon as we were moving and I said, Oh, I need to write a song about this. Um, and pretty much the whole song was written as an 18 year old kid on a piece of paper, uh, that was scared to death to talk to people about Jesus in front of a church. And, uh, now it blows me away that I get to share that message and that story. And it kind of lives on, um, through the song uh, called wake up sleeper. Now, And that was Wake Up Sleeper by Austin French. And I'm very pleased to say that Austin is still with us here on Hope FM for the artist interview. Austin, thank you so much for all you shared so far. Uh, really appreciate just your honesty, uh, sharing some really difficult things. And I know there's going to be many people who 
maybe you've gone, man, I can relate to that. I've seen that in my past. Um, maybe they're yeah. maybe they're far from faith. Uh, maybe they're struggling with hurt and all those sorts of things. If you'd be happy right now to pray for our listeners, uh, that would be a real blessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, God, I just come to you right now and I am grateful to be a soul that's been redeemed. I'm grateful to stand um, and or sit or uh, just to be and live and breathe as someone who was lost, um, someone who was hurt, someone who had pain, um, but someone who met you. And God, I feel like I am the proof and anyone who's experienced Jesus is the proof um, that that you move, that you do impossible things, that you heal broken hearts, that you restore broken stories. And I'm grateful uh, today to be one of those people that have a story uh, where you interceded. And Father, I pray for the jaded. Um, uh, I pray for those that are done, uh, those that are hurting, those that have given up uh, on Christianity, on Jesus because of uh, hypocrisy or or just the hangups and the hurts that they've experienced. God, I pray that the hurt that people have experienced wouldn't be the wall uh, that separates them from you. It, it would be the opportunity for them to experience your healing. So Father, right here, right now, whoever's listening to this, whoever needs to hear this, uh, would you let them know that you are a comforter, uh, you are a healer of brokenness, that you are a organizer of chaos, that you are a restorer of broken dreams and broken relationships. You are everything we need. So Father, I pray anyone with a need right now, it would be met by the supernatural power of God. Uh, you would speak through this interview, speak through this prayer, um, and let them know they're not alone, that you see them, that you care about them, and that you want them, and that you sent your only son, Jesus, to die on a cross for them, to beat death for them, and to be everything that they need. Lord, we lift this up to you. Would you use this in only a way that you can? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you very much indeed, Austin. And if you're listening to that prayer, and maybe you're thinking, I'm not even sure who this Jesus is, then I just want to encourage you maybe to look at the Alpha course. That's at alpha.org. It's a course that will enable you to explore Christianity uh, with like-minded people who are looking into it for themselves as well about how is Jesus relevant to me today. And of course, if you want to find a church, pop on to www.findachurch.co.uk. There are many churches around the UK that would love to welcome you and help you know more of God's love. And of course, you can also contact us here at Hope FM by emailing studio at hopefm.com with any questions or any assistance that we can give you. Feel free to get in touch. Wow, Austin. Okay, you've shared so much about your past and your journey so far. Uh, what are you up to right now at the moment? Well, I'm sitting in my minivan in my <laughs> uh, in my driveway, and no, I, I the things that are happening for me um, is ahead of me is writing more music. I just started writing more music, um, not really just for my career, but I uh, started writing music for my church here in town um, and just some really beautiful things that we've seen happen even in a really difficult year. Um, and God is just kind of pinning these ideas and these things that our church needs to sing about. So I, I've really enjoyed that. Um, I've started to write music for our church. Um, I'm releasing new music uh, and I'm releasing more music to radio and hoping that God will use these songs and these stories that uh, were birthed out of the whole pandemic, really, for me. Um, the next single that I'm releasing to radio is a song that was birthed out of um, the season of the pandemic for me. And it, it's a song called Rest for Your Soul. 
And, uh, you know, I, I, for me, I toured so much in 2019, toured none in 2020. And now that 2021's here, life is starting to pick up. And there was a lot of life that happened um, over these past couple of years. And I'm excited to still share that with people. I wrote a book uh, in the middle of the pandemic about my life story, a lot of what I shared here on uh, this interview. And so that, that is something that is still fresh to me and still something that is I just released, it feels like. And so uh, that's happened. And man, you know, today I'm just going to try to be a good dad and a good husband uh, to my kiddos. And I'm going to try to help them experience Jesus um, and the little things, you know, like going to a playground or have a good conversation. So to me, that's my that's my favorite job that I get to do um, is just to be a dad and be a husband and everything else is pretty cool too, that I get to do. But, uh, my most important that is job is that. a wonderful high calling uh, to get your priorities there. Love that. So you mentioned church just there. I know that church sometimes is, is difficult. Once you start being recognized and getting music out, it, it can be not quite the same experience because you're never quite sure what people's motives are when they can't to chat you and all the rest of it. So how, how do yeah. you find church? What, what's it like for you? Uh, for us, we go to uh, a really great local church here in our town. Um, I have purposely not led worship. Um, and because that's what I do uh, kind of day in and day out everywhere else, um, I did. I made a promise to my wife that I wouldn't um, serve on the worship team, that I would just be there to go to church with our family and serve in other ways like children's ministry or, you know, passing out brochures or anything I can do that's not in the spotlight. Um, I've done that for the past three years. And recently, um, that now that I've been there for three years, we have really great community. Um, and it has been known that I, it, it's happened, uh, for people to come up and, uh, you know, talk to me and things like that. But it's been really sweet, uh, because it's the guy that I sat behind last week who had no idea who I am. Um, and he's a guy now who's letting me know that my music means something to him. Um, and so I kind of feel like I actually know why it means something yeah. to him. Um, versus just strangers wanting to come get, get a picture or something like that. Um, so I've been really, that's been really sweet. And we've found kind of our community here and I've just tried to play the background and I'm really happy with that. And then recently our church asked me if I would be interested in writing um, some music for the church and not leading the songs, but just sitting in a room and helping them communicate what God's doing in our church. So that's been really cool too, um, to serve now. What feels like is my gifting. Um, not just passing out, you know, brochures, but now I get to like use the writing ability that God gave me um, to help my church communicate what's happening in our church. That that does sound like a great way to do things. Uh, so not jumping in the limelight, but but serving and helping others with uh, what God's calling them into. Brilliant. That is absolutely great. You, you talked about being a dad as being sort of your primary thing that you want to get right and being a, a good husband as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there maybe a funny story of being a dad that has happened to you <laughs> that just makes you chuckle? Oh, every day uh, there's something to be laughed at. And if you don't laugh, you cry, you know? And so our, our kids are crazy and uh, I'll never forget, uh, you know, and, my, my boys, we wrestle and that's what we do. They love to jump on top of me and, uh, and just feel like they're beating me up. And uh, it's so fun. And we just love to wrestle. And so I'll never forget the day that I said, all right, buddy, I'm going to give you a wedgie. And they're like, dad, what's a wedgie? And I'm like, 
oh no maybe i shouldn't have introduced them to what a wedgie is and uh and so now their their biggest uh their biggest thing out just the other day we were at a playground and you know they're playing with their friends and they look them right in the eye and say you better watch out i'm gonna give you a wedgie i'm like no 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 you, you can't you can't do that like oh man and uh you know that that, that's the moment you realize okay yeah every moment matters and uh yeah yeah there's sponges and anything you say they're going to repeat so that's um that's right that is that is a classic thing and for anyone who's listening at home and there maybe in your vocabulary the word wedgie means absolutely nothing just go and ask someone in the younger generation they'll explain it to you <laughs> but it, exactly that is cool uh, and and your wife what 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 do you most admire about your wife uh her consistency um you know for me i remember getting uh the call that you know the world was shutting down and all of my shows got canceled for the year uh, and I remember coming home, freaking out and saying, you know, who am I? What am I? What, what are we going to do? And my wife looked at me right in the eyes and said, what if what if the enemy is using to give the greatest fear you've ever experienced? What if the Lord's trying to give you the opportunity to give you the greatest peace you've ever experienced? And that's her day to day is she just comes out of left field and grounds me. Um, she comes out of left field with this beautiful wisdom from the Lord. And uh, she is consistent and uh, she, I, I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for her. She is beautiful, not just on the outside, but her heart is, uh, is the most beautiful thing in the world. And she continues to just inspire me to run after Jesus more and more. Oh, that is a wonderful person to have alongside you. How did you first meet? We met at a, a college ministry group. I was leading worship at, she was attending and we got in each other's small group. And I remember like seeing her and saying, wow, she's gorgeous. Uh, and then she started talking about Jesus and I'm like, I'm done. I'm going to marry this chick. Like that's her. <laughs> I didn't even know her name. Um, but I, I was terrified to talk to her. And uh, a couple months later, after forcing myself into her small group every night, uh, she asked me to go get coffee. I was so terrified to talk to her. Um, and yeah, she made the first move. And I'm really glad that she did. Yeah. And so it did turn out, though, that playing those Jesus songs does get the chicks then. That's right, man. That's right. <laughs> I guess so. I guess you're right. Come to me. And that was Rest for Your Soul by Austin French. And I'm so grateful for Austin for coming and being with us on the Arts Interview here on Hope FM. I hope you've enjoyed that interview and finding out more about Austin. You can hear that again and many other artists at hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview. God bless you. Get more interviews now. Visit hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview.